Okay. Comedy. There has been a trend lately of comedians being attacked and, uh, <laughs> and silenced. Uh, Hassan Minhaj, his special was taken down by Netflix in Saudi Arabia because he made some jokes about the Saudis. A, a comedian named Nimesh Patel was doing a set at Columbia and the event organizers came on stage mid-event and took away his microphone. A comedian in the UK, Constantine Kissin, was asked to sign a behavioral agreement form. <laughs> you know, and I think one of the best ways to expose the madness of the people trying to do this is just to let them speak for themselves. So this is a direct quote from this behavioral agreement form. Quote, This contract has been written to ensure an environment where joy, love, and acceptance is reciprocated by all. By signing this contract, you are agreeing to our no-tolerance policy with regards to racism, Sexism, classism, ageism, ableism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, or anti-religion, or anti-atheism. End quote. Give Constantine a lot of credit, because he blew them the raspberry, and he shared with the rest of us this Orwellian document. You know, <laughs> you know as an aside... You know, I obviously tend to disagree with the shaming tactics and the silencing tactics of, call them what you will, the regressive left. I have to thank them, sincerely, for introducing me to some amazing people in the last year. Because, because of their hatred, those people got more press. And, you know, I'm pretty out of touch, but even I... <laughs> Even I got to hear about people like uh, Brett Weinstein and Lionel Shriver and Dina Khan and Bridget Fatassi and Lindsay Shepard and Tatiana McGrath. <laughs> so to all the leftists out there who hate comedians and who hate free speech, thank you. Anyways, their latest target is Louis C.K., who did a set in New York that leaked. And, you know, it was pretty dark. And people got outraged on social media. <laughs> wow, you know, isn't that just, just the description of the last few years? Outrage on social media. Anyways, people were outraged. And, you know, you know fine. You know, great. Be outraged. God bless. <laughs> you know, Bill Burr, Bill Burr has an amazing bit about this, and I'm going to just butcher it, but it's something like this. You're a Taurus, let's say, and you go to hear a stand-up comedian, and she comes out and she's like, what about those Leos? You know, they can't walk and chew gum at the same time. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's so funny. And then she goes, those Aquarius, you know, they still suck their thumbs, those bedwetters. And you're laughing and you're dying in the aisles. And then she says, and Taurus, they're mean. 
and you go, whoa, stop right there. Stop. Whoa, you crossed a line, dude. Not cool. <laughs> That's what this reminds me of. But, and here's what I believe. You're outraged? Fine. That's fine. Don't tell me to be outraged. Don't get outraged that I'm not outraged. Don't tell me what to think. Don't tell me what to feel. Stop trying to impose your opinions on us by force. And don't do it to comedians. And I, you know, I think there's a couple really good reasons not to. So, so first, there's this amazing biography, autobiography by Steve Martin, where he describes the process of being a stand-up comedian. It takes a year of nightly sets to create one hour of material. You are out there in front of a bunch of strangers exposing your ideas every night and trying to figure out what works. You're iterating every night and then going back to your hotel room and tweaking the material, adding new material, adding ideas trying different delivery, trying a new intonation, new body language. It's, it's trial and error. It's seeing what works every night and getting the feedback from the audience. And 95% isn't going to be funny. And maybe that's because it's not true or it's too dark or it is over some line that the audience has. Should comedians be allowed to test material or you know, should we just expect them to come up with the perfect hour on the first try? When I, when I go to live comedy shows, I notice they're crasser and cruder and less polished than the resulting special. And I, I, you know, I think that's part of what an audience member is there to do. It's, we're there to help give feedback to the comedian to help her understand what works, what's funny, and what isn't. You need that process. And then the other thing, and a lot of people have said this better than I will, but comedians exist at the edge. They're, they're the court jesters. They're that inappropriate voice in your head. They're, they're the canaries in the coal mine. They're like, <laughs> they're like professional ticklers. They, they poke every part of your body just to see what gets a laugh. You know, they live at the edge and they explore the edge. And, you know, exploring the edge means you have to cross the edge occasionally. You have to cross the line occasionally because you don't even know where the line is. That's what exploring the unknown means. You have to feel your way. You need feedback. Feedback from the audience, not from some attention-seeking clickbait tweet. Can we ask comedians to know where the line is without allowing them to explore it? I mean, should we order them to stay 50 yards away from the line? But every person has a different line. So should they just say only innocuous things ever? But that's not going to be funny. Here's a hypothesis, you know, taking this one step further. So, you know, I have no idea if this is correct. This is my equivalent, essentially, of exploring the unknown. Let me know what you think. Give me feedback. I'll put my email in the show notes. 
I think a comedian, his or her goal when he tells a joke is to get the laugh. But at a broader level, it helps all of us figure out what's going on when we see or hear the reaction that a joke gets. I know when I'm in the audience and someone says a joke that's kind of on the edge, you know, I kind of look around. I'm curious, how are other people going to react? Do they think it's funny or are they going to boo? Will the comedian get arrested like Count Dankula in the UK or Lenny Bruce? I think there's a lot of a lot of information to be gained by seeing how people react. Where do you set the watchdog? At the edge of the house. Where do you set a guard at the edge of the camp? Our, our comedians live at the edge of our society. They bring us the new. They point at problems, at places where things, you know, where things may be going wrong, at places where maybe we need to pay more attention. I don't think it's a good idea to silence the people who, who live at the edge. <laughs> Anyways, that got a little serious at the end. I want to end on a positive note. A couple weeks ago, I talked about a pet peeve I had at the grocery store. And today, I want to talk about the opposite. What is the opposite of a pet peeve? I had a really wonderful experience. I was in a strange city at a new grocery store, and the clerk asked if I had the store's loyalty card. And I said I didn't. I was visiting town. And he took the store's loyalty card and swiped it for me. Now, that's a small act of kindness. He didn't have to do that. And I really appreciated it. It, it made me feel really good about people. So on that note, I, uh, <laughs> I'm over time, and I'll catch you later.